Hey guys, we got a great show coming up for you today. We've got Seth Partnow from The Athletic dropping by to talk about a lot of different stuff. But I want to remind you guys first about what StravaCraft Coffee is doing right now. This is probably the coolest promotion that any of our partners have ever done. StravaCraft Coffee is gifting five $1,000 gift certificates to their online store. So get on this right now because I believe today is the last day. StravaCraft Coffee is giving five $1,000 gift certificates away to their online store. All you have to do to enter is order some StravaCraft Coffee online. It's that easy. You can still use our code DNVR20 to receive 20% off your entire purchase, and you will automatically get entered to win a $1,000 gift certificate to use at StravaCraftCoffee.com. So again, all you got to do is buy something from StravaCraftCoffee.com. You will automatically get entered into that drawing where StravaCraft is giving away five $1,000 gift certificates. And again, you can still use our code DNVR20 to get 20% off. An ability to handle the ball with one hand is essential to good performance. In one-handed action, you do not grip the ball, but control its balance on the fingers and thumb. Changing from the two-handed to the one-handed grip requires that the fingers be well spread, aiding the control of the ball. by Illegal Pete's. I'm your host, Adam Adez, and I am solo today hosting this show, at least for the first half. The other guys are going to hop in here in a little bit, but first I'm bringing on my old pal, a, a writer for The Athletic. Go ahead and show it off. You can show it off, Seth. There you go. Writer for TheAthletic.com. Fantastic analytics writer, formerly of the Milwaukee Bus, Seth Partnow. Seth, thanks for hopping in, man. This is You've got some, uh, some serious production going on here. This is uh, swanky. <laughs> it is a little swanky. It's a, it's yeah. it's all fake production though. This yeah. is like gaming a Zoom type software to okay. look like it's a studio show. Okay. But you know it works. It works for now. Um, it's been a while, man. It's good to see you. It's good to be talking to you. We were joking about this before we came on, but you are first team all beard at the moment. It's uh you know I'm I'm I too am mourning they're not being Stanley Cup playoffs right now. So are you a hockey guy? I I grew up playing hockey. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, you're I, Alaskan. Yeah. I mean, I I switched into basketball in junior high, but I played played hockey growing up. Um, uh, it's neither here nor there, but essentially, uh, longtime NHL great Scott Gomez ended my youth hockey career. Oh God. Um, well, no, not. I mean, he was he was. Uh, I mean, he he was like obviously the best player for miles and miles and miles, and so he was playing up. He might have been playing up even two divisions. And he hit me so hard, legally hit me so hard in a summer league game that I was, or spring league game that I was like, eh, no, that's, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, even, even I was, I was pretty good at hockey, but even at 12, I was like, that hurt a lot. I don't need that anymore. Let me go play basketball where I'm not going to get like punched with two hands under my chin while I'm on like blades yeah i had a similar experience with football to be honest because where i grew up i was really tall but really skinny and if you were a certain weight which i was over you had to be a lineman but i was just a stick figure just really tall so for four years of playing peewee football i just got beat by big (laughs) big big heavy dudes every single day i was terrible lineman i was like you know what this is really dumb 
Um, but I'm excited to have you on because you have I, I've I've had a little folder open of things to talk with slash argue with Seth Part. I don't really argue. We agree about most things, but so, so threads to pull on um, with you that that you've written over the last couple weeks, months that I have found really interesting. Um, we're going to get into a lot of those, but I actually wanted to start in a different direction, and that is um, to ask you about unicorns because it's kind of funny to think about. Five years ago, Chris Tapps Porzingis enters the league, and he's a unicorn because he's seven feet tall and he can shoot the three. <gasps> this is crazy. It's so weird. It's so unheard of. It seems like almost every team now has a seven-footer that can shoot threes. That that new skill, even though it's not perfected, it really swept into the league pretty quickly, I would say. First of all, do you agree with this premise that as much as Chris Tapps Porzingis is a great player and a unique player, he's not that un- as unique as he seemed five years ago? Uh, I mean, just the 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 tall men shoot far. Um, yeah, that's that's less unique. I think that the stuff that still makes him not, if not, it makes him unusual, if not unique, is he, like the the mobility and skill yeah. also, which is yeah. like, you know, that I think that's as much of it as you know, Brook Lopez is seven feet tall and can shoot from twenty eight feet, but right, he's really still well. he he's still very obviously a center. Whereas yeah. Porzingis is his best position is is in the modern NBA is probably at center, but he's not like you, you know he he's not that that's not self evidently what his position is. Front courts, it's funny because you kind of hesitated to call him a center, but I feel like front courts are more just about the way the two play off each other. It doesn't have to be a center and a power yeah. forward. It's just. He does some center things, some power forward e things, and you, if you found the perfect running mate for him that can do some center things and some power forty things, it would work. I know we usually talk about who you guard. I think, I think that's more even, of it. Yeah, but I think it even goes a little bit deeper than that, and just that the blending of the skill sets from all those guys. I think about this a lot with Jeremy Grant, just for an example. Not a very good rebounder. And I've always said that having a great rebounder next to Jokic is one of the keys, in my opinion, one of the keys of really unlocking that offense. But Michael Porter Jr. is an elite rebounder in the limited sample size we have. And maybe that makes up for some of the things, um, you know, maybe the combination of all three of those skill sets actually kind of check all boxes. I don't know. Just something I kind of kick around. But just the idea of unicorns, I mean... Carl Anthony Towns is a phenomenal three-point shooter. Brooke Lopez, as you mentioned, Bull Bowles maybe never even plays in the league, but he's one of the best three-point shooting bigs I've ever seen, at least just in an empty gym. There's a bunch of these guys that have flooded into the league. Do you, what do you think are some of the skill sets that are starting to emerge now that maybe two, three years from now where you're thinking, like, man, every team needs one of that. They need one of those kind of guys. I mean, I don't, I don't think that every team needs uh, one of those guys now. I think it's... Um to be effective in that situation where you are a big man, you have to be able to, uh, if you're going to be that kind of face up big man, it's not necessarily about your ability to shoot the three though. You do need to be able to do that. Uh, and you need to be able to hit above the break threes. Cause I think that that's a, uh, kind of corner three point shooting is, is an overrated ability in general. And I think it's very specifically for big men. I think just for floor balance for, uh, just defensive floor balance and just offensive kind of continuity reasons. Like having your big stand in the corner is kind of problematic. Yeah, it's yeah. like you can do it, but it, it you know. So, but what about so above the, the break? Because that's a, a lot of what Denver does is they'll yeah. stick Grant or Millsap out on the wings. No, I think that's that that's like that from the offensive standpoint. That's a swing skill. But on on the other hand, 
uh, we were talking a little bit at, before we started recording about, you know, kind of the 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 coming defensive hotness is sort of uh, really concentrating on walling off the paint. And for that guy to be able to, that mix of skills, to be able to stretch on offense and protect the, protect the rim both from a kind of a contesting shots, deterring shot standpoint, and also like uh, defensive rebounding. So I think that's the so I don't I don't think that's a that's a unicorn so much as that's a blend of like the modern five out face up game and a very a pretty traditional defensive uh, you know that that, that pretty tra- uh, traditional defensive anchor role mm. um, and I don't I don't I don't know if that's if that's like super revolutionary yeah um, I mean I think the the from a from an overall standpoint uh, something else that I know we are going to talk about is sort of the uh, the almost the offensive quarterback position is is the thing that that I don't know if there are enough players who are good enough at that for it to be a thing yeah. every team needs, but it's the teams that that got one are using them. I love the way you phrase that because I, I want to I want I want to put that on hold though because I do want yeah. to pull on that a little bit more. I do think some of the defensive stuff you're talking about, that's already, I, I think teams know that's important and they're looking for these types of guys. One thing I wonder if five years from now just becomes sort of the norm is tremendous length out in the uh, backcourt. You think you talk about the Shea Gilgis Alexanders of the world, just so long. I mean, not, we, we talked about like Lonzo Ball being long and some of these other guys, Jamal Murray, six foot five, he seems average now. I wonder if five, six, seven years from now we're looking at. I know Cade Cunningham is one of these guys that's coming into the league in, in the next couple of years that's really hyped as the skilled guy, and he's I think six, seven, or you know has has a really long wingspan. I wonder if point guards and shooting guards going forward, being six foot five, that might become a little undersized or regular, but on the on the lower end scale. And if we're starting to see more and more six, seven, six, eight, seven foot wingspan guys in in backcourts. Maybe um, the question, I mean, just, just thinking that through the question I have is where are you creating a mismatch? Um, I think a problem that a lot of those guys are going to have is they will be uh, just, they, they will be quick for a six, seven guy, but they won't be oh. quick, you know? So it's like, so, and if you're, if okay, you, you're that guy and you're guarding John Morant, something like that. Um, yeah, you have a size advantage on the other end, but you, you probably don't have the lateral quickness on defense. And then how do you take advantage of that size mismatch on the other end? I mean, back in the day, you just like, you know, stick your hand up, get on the post and, you know, back a guy down. But that's, I mean, I think that, I think that that kind of as a, as a preferred way of dealing with that supposed advantage pretty much left with Mark Jackson. Right. Like, right. like Steve Kerr is like, no, nah, not that. Let's do this other thing. And then, you know, they became what they became. Uh, and that's slightly reductive, but still, I think that that's so that's where the, the worry is. It's like, yeah, all things being equal, it would be better to have the guy with the same physical abilities and uh, skills and, and movement abilities and stuff like that and ability to see the floor and whatever. Yeah, it'd be better if the guy was, you know, six, seven with a seven, two wingspan. But I think it, and at least at the kind of the point of attack, um, like, give me this, like the skill is going to win. 
the skill and quickness is, is, is going to win. Aren't you afforded a little bit of a cushion if you're six, seven, you know, being guarded against, uh, I mean, John Morant's pretty long too, though. I mean, is he six, three, six, four? Yeah. No, I, he, he? he's not, he's not tiny. I think it's, I mean, I think yeah. it's going to be like, you know, it, is it going to be tough for the DJ Augustines of the world going? Yeah. But I mean, I think if we, if you look a little higher up, like, you know, a guy like Kyle Lowry who can get like, you know, under you and through you, uh, I think that he probably against a sort of a lesser skilled but rangier guy, you know, obviously Lowry's someone who's going to age out by by then, but like that player type, that sort of that that sort of uh, low center of gravity, uh, physically competitive guy. Um, I'm not certain that 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 the length and 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 height uh, is going to make up for a, a significant kind of skill and, um, you know, basketball IQ gap. Mm. Now, obviously a guy, again, a guy with those dimensions and great athleticism, athleticism and high basketball IQ is like, yeah, but then he's in the, the other conversation that we're talking about. Then he's in like, then, Oh, you've got, you've got one of these, you know, these, these Luca or hardnesque or, or, you know, those, like, yeah. You have one of those players. That's awesome. But that's, but that's what I see. I mean, somebody when that you saw, I'm sure the Dallas Mavericks uh, tweet the other day, the what could have been or what imagine if where it was Luca and Michael and as ridiculous as that thing was to tweet out, Luca was taller than, than Jordan in the graphic. And I remember sitting there thinking like, wait a second, that's not right. And that's like, oh, yeah, it is right. He Luca, is, Luca's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's taller. <laughs> he's bigger than Michael. Yeah. And. You know, LeBron obviously was was maybe the first of these like point forward bodies, but now Giannis, Ben Simmons, it just seems like there's so many of these guys. And I wonder, and this kind of moves me on to my next question about defense and can you guard the paint and the three-point line in today's NBA, um, and can you do it successfully? And I think the teams that have, to whatever extent that they have been able to guard both, one, you either have an elite rim protector that scares people from going in and can just kind of stand there and guard whatever. But two, you have a lot of length. You just have a lot of hands and passing lanes, and it just seems like there's the teams that are really successful defensively have multiple guys that are 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, or, or taller um, and, and throw on the court. And that's really what I was maybe getting at about these unicorns is, is there a scenario where we have – uh, the NBA, where it's just everybody is six, six, six or taller, six, seven or taller, and Luca's your point guard, and um, you know Middleton's your shooting guard, and and everybody is just six, ten, six, eight, six, six, nine. Um, so that's what I was getting at. But I, I, guess I, mean, I think I, we've we've kind of seen that tried a little bit. I mean, that was. I mean, you're kind of talking about like the like the mid-teens OKC Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was, you know, a good team, though. yeah, that was a good. No, they, I mean, the the year, the year that uh, that that Westbrook got hurt in the first playoff game, like that's one of the best teams to not win a title of all time. I think, yeah, like yeah. that was, you know, that I, like I, it's something that you know, looking into like you know, historically, like the teams that like were historically really good, like that's a team that just pops as like, man, if he doesn't get hurt, they, I think they win the title right. that year. Right. So, uh, and, and you know, that's that's the year. I think that was the year after they traded Harden. Um, but yeah, and, and it was they were built on a defense of yeah, okay, like Stephen Adams is a, it's, and certainly at that at that time in his career was a decent young big, but their their defensive philosophy was more about having all the six eight guys. Yeah, yeah, it's funny too watching this last dance because the Bulls were this way. I mean, you're yeah. talking about Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis yeah. Ross, that's a lot of length. 
they of course had the traditional centers. And the well, traditional I, I, Tony, I mean, Tony Kukoc had had Tony you know they haven't they haven't really talked about him yet, but I mean he's like you know he he's he's gonna get I, I think he my my sense is he's probably going under the bus this weekend. Yeah. It's always somebody, and going I under think under the bus. Yeah, okay. he's going. This is just Jerry Krause in week one. It uh, yeah. was Isaiah this week, and yeah. you know I'll back that bus up and drive it forward again. But that's another. That's another. <laughs> you're not a, whole a other... not a Zeke fan, huh? Yeah, I uh, you know I um. I saw I, I saw you put out there that you thought Stockton was far uh, superior. No, it's I, it's like the the funny thing is is like that was like uh, I I you know from from kind of my corner of things either on twitter or kind of another other kind of communication it's like oh wow what a hot take like it's like it's, it's so obvious yeah. that it's like <laughs> yeah. oh wow really go out on a limb there buddy um so it's That's i mean funny. it's just it's, this is before my time so i'm an agnostic on on isaiah i mean i even even like even jordan's before my time but i know about him and, and feel comfortable enough talking about him yeah. but i but isaiah thomas i really have no context for um, yeah <laughs> let's move on um so this this idea about guarding the the paint and the three-point line just i mean is it possible in today's nba i know there's a handful of teams that maybe do it do it decently but can you guard both or do you feel like teams sort of have to em- place an emphasis on one or the other i i mean it well it's it's can you guard both and then also have enough offense is also part okay. of it. Like Ooh, that's some some of the some of the uh, some of the recent Utah teams have guarded both pretty well, but then they get into playoff situations and they don't have enough creation on the ball. So it's okay. it's like you know you're you know you're operating under you know uh, uh, the salary cap sort of imposes a situation where you're operating with just to a certain degree scarce resources, and so where are you allocating them? And you know that. Uh, you know, that didn't bear as much fruit as it might have because they just had so little shot creation that it was basically like, is Donovan Mitchell gonna gonna throw a bunch of jumpers in in playoff series? And as a like a, a rookie second year player, no, he wasn't. Um, whether he and, and whether he gets there or not, interesting question. Um, it's still you, but you can see that they recognized. Um, you know, that's actually we we may have gone too far with the guard everything and like try to win every game like you know try to win every game by kicking three field goals and win nine seven that's probably a you're, you don't have a ton of margin for error for that uh, especially if you run into a playoff team that you know a team that is 95 percent as good defensively and has like four guys who can who can create on offense um that's not a that's not a bet you're gonna win that often yeah no um the decision about it i i, I think for teams is really what comes in because i i think about this because the nuggets were really good defensively this year for about four weeks and i remember at the end of the four weeks when they started to fall off i remember thinking their effort has dropped but and malone hammered this home like oh they're just not playing hard and i think he was right by the way the, the question is can you play that hard I think a good defense also has to have some level of we're good without always being in the red. I think the Nuggets could only be good defensively when they were playoff intensity, and that just doesn't work. I mean, you have to be able to get something for free. I mean, do you, do you see this at all with teams that, that the only thing they can do well defensively is play super hard? I mean, I think there's there's definitely – you've seen kind of these – these for for lack of a better term these try hard teams over the years they're teams that like win a lot of regular season games and uh 
uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble because of I, I, I have I have a, a quote about the Nuggets that some that people let me hear about where that that is sort of along these lines. I can't but no, wait. no, but it's, this was uh, yeah, I was at uh, All Star Weekend and 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 I was saying we in the national media tend to pat the Nuggets on the head. Oh and say, yes, I remember yeah, this. You know, but it, I, remember I, this. I wasn't actually, but the way anyway, it sounded like I was saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it, but there, you know, like you know, some of the some of the Thibodeau Bulls teams, uh, some of the the early Stephen Celtics teams, um, kind of even going back to like some of the early some of the, like the KG teams in uh, Minnesota. Uh, that were these super try-hard effort every night teams that could grind out, you know, fifty some regular season wins, and then it comes time and everyone else is like, okay, it's let me limber up and it's time to get out there, and 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 then they have a, a one more level to go, and you're just but we've been there the whole time and we've probably ground ourselves down a little bit doing it. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean in general, I think that. Um, this is going to sound weird and perhaps blasphemy, but I think defensive effort is overrated. Now, let me finish. But like, sure. I think that the effort on defense is a necessity for playing good defense. It is not sufficient, and misguided right. effort is you know you you you've played it at a, at a good enough level. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. That like if you're going really fast but going to the wrong places all the time, or or oh, are yeah. late deciding where you're going, yeah. or you know you're you're working really hard and not accomplishing anything. Yeah. And so I think that like you know you 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 know you can see it. Oh, that team's really flying around all over the place. Look at them close out the shooter. You know, teams playing the team that's playing better defense is the ball swings to the to swing swing. The guy catches the ball in the corner, and you don't, there's no closeout because the defender is already broken down in a stance, sitting in his lap. Yeah, like I, you would, you would like your eye is not drawn to that because you haven't seen these guys just flying all over the place. Like, but what what happened earlier in the possession, either individually or as a team, that that puts you in a situation where you're having to run all over the place. Right. I think Paul Millsap's a great example of this because he's he's always just a little bit ahead defensively of where he's supposed to be. And and so when you watch him, he doesn't stand out. You never look and go like, man, he's flying around out there. He's just early to where he's supposed to be, <laughs> whereas a Kenneth Freed is always flying around and always in the wrong spot. So. Yeah, and, and but visible effort. So, man, he's playing. He's yeah. defending his ass off out there. It's like, yeah. no, he's not. He's he's actually not good defensively. Like, you know, the, the, I think the best example of all time of this is like is, like, is, is Tim Duncan. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, oh, how yeah. often. Oh, he's yeah. Yeah. He's a great example. I mean, because you think about it and. and mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, OK. Uh, we see a comment here. I did not say this. This is somebody in the comments. So yeah. Tory, Tory Craig here. Somebody throwing out a Tory Craig example. Yeah. He's a, he's a good defender, though. I, Tory, he's I, solid. Yeah, he's a solid defender. He makes yeah. and He's really good against certain types of offensive players, I think, in my opinion. I mean, I think he's he's actually a good example of, of what we were talking about earlier because he like the size and physicality to match up against other big players. But is he is he staying in front of someone who's quick and shifty? How much? How yeah. by how much of that can you hear? By the way, of uh, it's fine. I mean, honestly, look, it's yeah. quarantine. We're all in yeah. our houses. I've got. I told you earlier. I yeah. had, right before we came on, I was about to hit record, and my daughter ran into the house naked, and was like, "Dad, I'm having so." I, I had a train of thought. So, oh, uh, so Tim, like Tim Duncan, like he he like never jumped on defense, 
And but because he he never put himself in a position we needed to. He can always, all right, I'm close enough that I can stick my hand up, and that's gonna bother you. Right. But my other hand is on the guy I'm supposed to be blocking out. So I'm guarding two people at once. Right. And it's because I'm I know where I'm supposed to be and I'm there early enough that I can be there and be set. Yeah. And that's you know, like that's that's Tim Duncan, that's one of the, the 10 best players of all time. So like you just you know, just do that and you'll be fine. I think Jokic has a little bit of another thing Tim Duncan did well was sort of trick people into taking the easy bad option. And one example of this, whenever I'm guarding somebody that can just kill me in the post, somebody stronger and with a lot of moves, I'll always force them just to the left jump hook, which they might make a lot of. But I'm like, you know what? This is your worst option based on everything else you can do. So you're going to have to get 20 points on left-handed jump hooks. And Jokic, I think, just does this kind of stuff too. He forces guys into a lot of easy... 15 foot pull up jumpers and they just take them and they can end up shooting 50% on those. And it's like, okay, that's better than getting to the foul line a bunch of times and all this other stuff. So I think that's one thing he definitely, it definitely does. Before we get any further in today's show, Breck brew, their farmhouse is still open. They're serving takeout. They're also delivering awesome food from the farmhouse. I'd recommend the chicken wings. You can also pick up or get their Breck brews delivered of course, they're well stocked up on all their different brews, the Avalanche Amber, the Cardinal Core, the Hot Peak IPA, the Strawberry Sky. You can go to the farmhouse and pick those up, or you can get them delivered. Give them a call, 303-803-1380. They're open from 12 to 8 for pickup. And of course, you guys can use code DNVR and save $5 off of your meal. Also, guys, we're super excited about this news that is actually official here on Friday when most of you are probably, probably listening to this pod the wait is finally over DraftKings is bringing legal sports betting to colorado i know it might have flown a little under your radar without sports but trust me sports eventually will be back just imagine how much more fun watching a game will be when you have some skin in the game and the best way to get in on that action is with DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app DraftKings, yes that DraftKings has launched an online sportsbook created by sports fans for sports fans. This isn't one of those offshore operations that some of you have probably gotten into business with before. Those other gambling sites stink. DraftKings is a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the US, so you can be confident that your funds are secure. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere, wherever you are, whatever time of day. You don't even have to leave your house. And luckily for us, we don't have to wait that long for a major sporting event to bet on with UFC returning to the Octagon this weekend for UFC 249. So here's what you guys need to do. You need to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. Because for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1,000 bucks. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000, but don't forget to enter the code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, you guys have to be 21 or older. Colorado only bonuses are comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems, call 1-800-522-4700. 
<laughs> we might as well just bring everybody else in here, just, just in case I, just, just in case I end up going. I the cavalry is here. The cavalry. You're a straight liability, Adam. What a joke. I, I am a liability. This is ridiculous. what's going on out here, Commerce City. Adam's totally lying when he says this has never happened because this happens all the time with his. This has happened internet. for like two weeks. I would say that this is like a theme of the show is Adam's uh, internet. Yeah. yeah, Adam, I thought you updated your Wi-Fi and your whole setup. I guess I, I did. I have like all these wires everywhere. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you, you, whoever, you, whoever wired uh, people for the NFL draft is you need to get out there. You need to be busting down walls. I know. Getting six screens. You know. Unfortunately, I hired the guy that did that horse competition. Oh, yeah. see the bitch actually bit. better this way. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder. Oh, it's a tough wow. break for a nice kid. Yeah, uh, maybe, uh, maybe his kids are like in the back, just like like hanging, reset like resetting everything and stuff. Really I would say there's like a better chance it. that his router is covered in lipstick or uh, maybe cookie like <laughs> batter or uh, cookie dough, like. Apple <laughs> no, Adam told us a story a couple uh, a week ago about how his kid just totally keyed his car, and now I'm just wondering if his if his kids are just totally getting back at him for just something that he did. And it's just a long play by his two daughters here. I think the lesson is just don't have kids. It's just <laughs> there's only so much you could do. Yeah. I can't tell you how sad this is. Did you okay. Computer too, just to give this another look. I apologize. Adam still has dial-up. My God, I'm getting roasted on my own show. <laughs> Luckily, you're the only one with the rundown, so things yeah, are great. Yeah. If we lose you, uh, no, we, we can go. We can go to here. We'll skip heliocentrism another time. Another time. <laughs> um, I do want to hear from you, Seth, about building. And it sounds like you talked about this on another show um, for a podcast today, which I, I'll allow you to plug. But um, the idea of building around Jokic, I mean. The Nuggets, beggars can't be choosers. The Nuggets are beggars. They have Jokic. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, so that's that's their plan. There's no other alternative. How do you build a contender now around Jokic in your opinion? Uh, you mean you get other good players? Like, no, but well, seriously. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the question that comes up, and it's it's one of those dumb questions that comes up. Can he be the best player in a championship team? Like, yes. It's But who else you got? And, yeah. and that's, and you know, and, and you, you know, you, you I don't think I'm – you know, I don't think I'm sticking my head in the lion's mouth by saying Jokic is not as good as Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, presumably Kevin Durant, you know, and uh, one Did we say LeBron yet? Yeah. Okay. Uh, James, James Harden, like, you know. Sure. Yeah, uh, none of that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's controversial to say he's not in that, like, that, that toppest tier. Top, toppest, not a word. The toppest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it will be now. Uh, he's not in that. He's not in that. And that's you know, because that tier is very small, and those right. guys stay those guys for a long time. So okay, you don't have that. You have a guy who's in the next tier down, which is pretty good. But it means that your second best guy needs to be, yeah. And yeah. Um, here's where I will offend people here. Like <laughs> finally, this is uh, you know, I Jamal Murray's not that. It's Garrett been said Harris. on this pod. It's Garrett, yeah, you're not. Garrett Harris is not that. Yeah, like if you know, uh, is, is like, would you guys say that that Will Barton was the second best Nugget this year? I at still times. Think, yeah, at times he was. Yeah. It's you a know, tough question. Paul, like it's Paul, question like because it was a dear, yeah. Paul Millsap five years ago may have been good enough, but you know, is he 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 is. I you know, I'm, I'm a huge Paul Millsap guy, but you know, he's. He's on the downslope, right? So, so and he's Seth, certainly not. You're. He's not. You're not. 
you're hanging on with him, not building just because for mm-hmm. age reasons, obviously. But you jumped, I find it interesting. You jumped kind of straight to like aggregate talent. So it's not yeah. so much a, like a schematic thing. Like you're not necessarily saying a center with, you know, those defensive weaknesses can't get it done. You're just saying like, like, is there a very specific type of team you have to build around Jokic to get this done? Or do you just need that second star to be good enough? Do you get what I'm saying? I'm, I, I don't think those are. I, I don't think those are. are, are uh, I, th- I don't think those questions are independent of each other. Sure, I think sure. that the second best player, like someone who fits well with Jokic, will that will. Uh, you know, there's very few players who are sort of so context independent that they are just great regardless of where they play. Sure. Or who they play with, and everyone else, like they can their their contributions, their value, their apparent ability, varies pretty widely by the context they're playing in. Sure. Now, like you know, Jokic, you're probably is, is are you getting the best synergy between two players if he's like a ball in his hands ISO score? Probably, you know that like the it's not r- wrong, but I think if you had someone. Who who is equally adept on and off ball, so that they can make use of of Jokic's passing talent. Um, I, th- I think we did, we did a kind of a superlatives thing on the Athletic uh, the other week, and uh, one of the questions was who's the best passer in the NBA. I voted for Jokic. Um, oh wow! So, uh, uh, but so you having that second guy be you know, yeah, obviously Steph Curry is off the board, sure. but some some someone in that sort of Yes, with the ball or also movement off the ball, kind of, <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of a, a situation like that's a, like that player is going to be better for the Nuggets than he would be for a, for a, a guy who is playing with a player of similar position and talent like Joel Embiid. Sure, just because the just because the the, the, the again the synergy with Jokic's skill set is going to help that player. Whereas, like Embiid is like, I'm gonna go score now. Um, and are you thinking point well. guard is the most important? Like, I mean, is it a would it be a guard, a point guard specifically that you think would be if you were building around him, you would target a guard, a backcourt player to be your second best player or um, co star? Uh, I mean, I, I would uh, a, a perimeter player. I'm not sure if it would it would have to be a guard, but certainly kind of a guy who is would be understood as somewhere between one through three. Um, I think it's. I think you're. You become a little top heavy if that person is a, is a is a kind of a pure four. Now maybe if it's sort of, you know, the four in kind of the LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis kind of again. Yeah. Yeah. A tier two player down from that, but that kind of a, that kind of a player that could probably work also. Like the very a good enough player is very versatile, but you probably need someone who is not. Um, because it, it it can't really be a pure big because there's going to be too many situations where you're going to not want to play two pure bigs, and yeah. so you're already sort of limiting yourself if you because you can probably you can if you, there are situations where you want to play two bigs, you can you can find serviceable you know uh, you can a uh, Dwayne Deadman uh, you know uh, uh, at a <laughs> at a different contract number a Mason Plumley. Uh, well, that's the weird thing about Denver is they threw all that money at Mason Plumley, and I just kept thinking a backup center is among the least important positions you need to build around if you're building a team around Jokic. But um, I guess that's maybe neither here nor there. I want to take this question, though, because I thought it was interesting. Is Bradley Beal good enough to be the second best guy? He's a guy that's been on a lot of people's radar. You know, Denver obviously, I think, would, would target him. What do you think about that? 
I mean, that's certainly, I mean, that's certainly like the type we're talking about. The other name, the other name that's, that's come up and certainly came up, I'm sure for you guys this year was Drew Holiday. Um, I think that, I think, I think that Holiday, because for defensive reasons, is probably a, a slightly better overall player. Um, would I still think that about Holiday if you put Beal kind of his, his offensive skill set and now kind of playing off of Jokic, what would he look like? It's certainly possible. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that is, that is, is he, is he good enough? I don't know. Is he better than Jamal Murray? Yeah. Like significantly. <laughs> like you have a, you know, you have See, a. See guys, I'm not the only hater. I'm not the only person <laughs> low on, on Jamal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm low on him. I'm actually high on Jamal. It's just, he's a max contract player, which usually means he needs to be your best or second best player. I do think, Seth, you're one of the first people when talking about this sort of Holiday or Beal thing that said explicitly they think Holiday's a better yeah. player. I'm, I'm yeah. curious why why that's the case for you. Um, I, I just uh, – I mean, defense is, yeah. is, is the big one. Like, like Beal has an advantage offensively, but but Holiday is like, you know, the, the Pelicans have – you know, they, they play the Lakers and Holiday guards LeBron. Like it doesn't it doesn't go great for him, but it's not like the ugliest thing you've ever seen. Right. And that's just that like that versatility, just like okay, that guy, that's that's you know, having that is a is a is a pretty nice and and especially given that I would say that you that there isn't a ton of of individual like lockdown defensive talent amongst the the, the, the Nuggets top perimeter players. Definitely. Um, and so that, again, that's a, just a question of like replacing scarcity. I think that's very useful. Yeah. Um, and he's just, oh, Drew Holiday's is just good. He's just, he's, yeah. he's just like, you know, it's, it's, uh, he's a Malone type guy too. I mean, I think I, 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 I could, I just envision a, a roster of Drew Holiday and Gary Harris and Tory Craig. And I think it's going to be a great defensive one, two, three. And whatever combo, it's just I, I do wonder if it'd become a pretty ugly team to watch. <laughs> yeah, that 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 group would probably have a little bit of you'd you'd want the Gary Harris spot slot there to have a little bit more with the ball in his hands. Mm, okay, you know, and I think that's because you know, Holiday is 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 he a point guard? Is he a combo guard? You know, he's he's kind of in that. You know, to the extent positions matter, but also just in terms of ability to to kind of create creases in defense that allow you know that would allow michael porter to get his shots would allow paul Millsap to get the ball in his spots or if it's going to be jeremy grant or whoever else so do you have a michael porter to take have you watched him play i mean do you have a, a read on what what you think of him uh i i think i'm i'm uh i'm i'm still i like i i know enough about him from a previous life as just in terms of the medical on him that i'm I'm scared shitless. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's yeah. uh, um. So and that's you know. It's, Are you we're... surprised at all then that he that he was able to play that he got out there and and did no things? I no it's just I like I'm like I'm not surprised that he was able to get on the court. It's just staying on the court, yeah. becoming a guy who's reliable for you know high twenties even minutes, and then like you know i i know that the people there are, are super high on him um we just, like because we don't have any college sample on him and all and and even coming in like it was you know 
overmatched AEU competition where he yeah. was made jump shots, but yeah, you know, there's just the, there's not as much to go on as far as like what like yes you can you can see the talent there, but there's the danger that that you almost turn the unknown factor into a positive because you fill all those like blanks in with like what's the ninetieth percent possible here. I'll just assume that and go with yeah. it. Like, yeah, it's like it's the Dante Exum. percentile for me. Yeah. That's what I'm it's, going with. And this is this is like this was like the, when Dante Exum got drafted. Man, he's, a, he's so mysterious. What if he's this? What if he's that? We better take him early. <laughs> and you know, he it's it's probably a little bit unfair to him just because he had so many injuries early in his career. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it was clear that not all of those things were true. He was Kobe. That's what that's who people compared him to. I remember at the draft was Kobe Bryant. And I yeah. uh, <laughs> don't do that. Like, wow, people, people out there, if you're having if you're having draft takes, don't do that. Don't compare <laughs> someone to that as a shot maker. Don't compare him to Tony Allen as a as a defender. Don't compare him to Zach Randolph if they're like a like a like a uh, uh, yeah a, a, a vertically challenged post player. Like okay. You know. Don't, yeah. like, don't like but, if you have to uh, compare someone to like someone that special for them to be even playable, uh, bet against them. Yeah. You, you, you definitely agree that uh, Michael Porter Jr. is, a, is KD, right? They're the same player. Oh, yeah, if, if that's what you took one from what I just said. I think a more athletic Kevin Durant is what I, how yeah, I, would, I would think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more integrity. I call it a rebound <laughs> fetish, Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, Eric, we're going to go to a segment now we call Online with D-Line. Let's, let's bring some oh, levity baby. to the chat. Online with D-Line. Look at this. Better not be any videos, Eric. This is my favorite <laughs> graphic you've done, Eric, because it's just so terrible. Yeah. It's, 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 it is really tough. terrible. Um, but, you know, it was made with love and also with haste and with low <laughs> skill. <laughs> So, all right. So, where are we going to go around the web today? All right. So, the first thing we've got is. Um, Wait, can you go back to that previous? Yeah, screen? what was that? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I've got it in order here. Oh, so, um, our main man, LeBron James, has uh, released a brand Quality new. Quality beard. Uh, yeah, a brand new boomerang <laughs> of him uh, bouncing back and forth with the new Space Jam logo, the Space Jam A New Legacy. So, how are you guys feeling about logo. Space Jam? No, this is not old. This is brand new. I know. It's it just looks like old. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I could not be any less excited for uh, Space Jam. <laughs> but I think the merch is going to be fire, though. So I think I that. am less excited than you are, Harrison, for Space Jam 2. Yeah. <laughs> Space Jam 1 is the most overrated movie maybe in Great take. <laughs> uh, so wait, just... wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I'll even stick to basketball and say Space Jam is not more overrated than Hoosiers. Oh, I All love right. it. Well, that's <laughs> a good take. Wow. The real question is, are you guys prepared for LeBron James to turn into late-stage Thelonious Monk? Yes. Oh, wow. great. <laughs> or, 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 on. or Lester Freeman. Yeah, yeah nice. Freeman. I like this. I could see I him mean, rocking the skull cap for sure. I think maybe after like, watching that's The Last almost Dance. That's a sure thing. After he The Last Dance, to. I don't think there's any chance he doesn't, right? He's been inspired by MJ <laughs> so many other ways. Um, all right. So, so we're good on him turning into late stage Thelonious Monk. We're good uh, on this it. is not basketball, but this is just sports in general. Uh, <laughs> wow! I, could you believe that somebody can do? Can, it, can any of you ollie? Eight? Can any of you just perform the act of doing an ollie? Could you no. do this no. Seth, back Wait, in your you uh, ice skates? hockey playing? Yeah, doing it on ice this is very Alaska. Come on, yeah, Seth, Seth, you're the skater. This? You tell heck, us, man. I know what, your face says it all. Like, what who do does the first that? ten tries look like? Like before you're good at this, what is it? Yeah, like? 
Don't you feel I just like have, I just have nightmares of the sound those skates make on that concrete oh, floor? Oh yeah, it's probably. Oh, yeah. I just remember the sounds that like where are your skate guards? I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I feel every time this cycle cycles through, I'm positive he's gonna like go through yeah. his skateboard with his skates. Have you seen the the one that's been going around that of the guy doing like the fish flop workout? Yeah. Oh, workout yeah. seems loose. Workout seems like a loose application. <laughs> it's like incredibly impressive though. I don't know what this is. What is this? Fish the, flop workout? Oh, yeah, yes. That's a good oh. way to describe it. Fish oh, yeah, I do know. It's just like so fast. Yeah, he like he's just doing what like normal. I mean, that's not the moves he's doing are not crazy. The fish flop band. We'll have to bring that up next time. But he's See, just doing it are, so quick. He's you doing know, so, tomorrow, Eric, such, for Friday show. We're gonna make you do this workout. Yeah, now. recreate it on, on Instagram. Instagram. It's not that hard. So, I, like, I didn't so say wait, that it's that hard. I'm, Oh, you're saying, you're like, saying you can get like three feet of air from a push-up position? <laughs> no, no, that that uh, that yeah. is uh, that's wild. the most not even remedial. from a push-up from like a plank position. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the rest of it, I'm saying like it, people are acting like he's just uh, like having a seizure essentially on the ground, but he's just performing like a ground routine very quickly. Anyway, I just wish someone would zoom out to show the normal person just stretching next to him. Like, God, I hate the gym. I hate the gym so much. <laughs> the gym clearly hates you also. Oh, I did see this one. I did see this headline. I, I, don't, know. I don't care. Takes, takes a quarantine road trip with <laughs> NBA star Denver. You're so right. You're so right in this take, yet here we are. Let's talk about can, it. Can they not spend <laughs> five minutes in the rookie symposium just with a section and PowerPoint on like the Kardashian <laughs> plan and just like a big Seth stay away message. Yeah, is, this, is this a thing? She brings bad luck. Don't have her in the stadium. <laughs> you hear that, Jokic? You stay away. Yeah, for real. Just ask Ben Simmons. Simmons. Bad luck. <laughs> bad luck. Is that who Kendall Jenner is? Is she the one that was yes. Ben Simmons? All right, now I know. The All Minnesota right, Timberwolves are no longer just... interested in Devin Booker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what, next, what else we got, Eric? For sure. That's what yeah. I got. That's right. That's all. That's that the second. Right. <laughs> Much better, Eric. Much well, better. Allie has one. We've really piqued Allie's interest on this topic. Well, speaking of Space Jam, I have a really, really cute TikTok of these kids that I saw that I can show, but it's just, it's like cute kids talking do it, about do Space it, Jam. Do it, Allie. Do it. All right. All right. Cue it up and cue it up and bring it on. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> cue it up in uh, a very cute TikTok. Are you on TikTok there, Seth? No. <laughs> I think I could have guessed that answer. Wow. All right, ready? Wow. Yeah, we're ready. Let's he do basically this. just yeah. okay boomered me. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. I'm watching Space Jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just wait. Aww. And what's the basketball player's name? Michael Jordan. All right. My daughters think every basketball player is Jokic, so I'm, I'm doing great. You're doing, great. You're doing great. All right, guys, before we get back to the show, if you're looking for a way to pass the time this weekend, we got you covered. I've been talking about WGT Golf for a while, but we are actually hosting our first ever WGT event on Sunday, of course, exclusively for DNVR members. If you're not in the DNVR clubhouse on WGT, what you got to do is go to dnvrgolf.com, download the WGT app from there and get in the DNVR clubhouse. What's going on this Sunday is what we're calling the Grand Open. It will be played on the best of par fours course. 
the front nine with easy tee, standard greens, and low wind. The winner of the tournament this Sunday is going to receive a free shirt and sticker pack from the DNVR locker. To enter, all you got to do is be a part of the DNVR clubhouse on WGT. So if you don't have the app, dnvrgolf.com, that's where you can download WGT from and get on board, get in that DNVR clubhouse. Also, guys, I want to remind you again that Strava Craft Coffee is running a deal that I've never seen in all my years working for this company and the various partners that we've had. They're gifting five $1,000 gift certificates to their online store. Today is the last day, so get on this. All you have to do to get entered into that drawing is purchase something from StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can still use the DNVR 20 code that saves you 20% and just make a purchase and you'll be entered into that drawing for five $1,000 gift certificates. I'm raising them very well. All right, you have to pop out, Ali, because now we're going to wrap up the show as we always do by bringing on a guest. And it looks like we have we have in the chat, Chill Doocy. Oh, Yo, yeah. I'm Chill Doocy. What's Let's go. It's Chill Doocy. What's up, guys? How are you? We're doing, right, we're doing really good. Um, are you are you feeling confident today to try to climb the steps? I'm excited about the steps, man. I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> you have a helper today. I'm not going to lie. Seth is you know, one of the smartest people any of us know, but I don't know that he's necessarily tailored to help you out on Denver Nuggets trivia. So yeah. this is going to be a really interesting sort of... Seth, are, these, a... are, these, are these heliocentric questions? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I will... Uh, Jerome Lane is going to, you know, walk through that door. Seth, I'm a big, I'm a big nerder fan, so uh, well, well, happy you. to be here with you. Cool. Uh, there you go. You, um, Bring people right. together this show. <laughs> There's no music for you today because uh, apparently I'm having technical difficulties today, <laughs> um, So today. You're a disaster. Switch back. I, I am a disaster. I am a disaster. All right. Question number one. <laughs> Super producer Ali on top of this makes it so much easier. Who was the starting shooting guard on opening night of the 2019-2020 season for the Denver Nuggets? Don't blow this. <laughs> uh, I think it is uh, Gary Harris. That is correct. Oh, wow. Is I'm, actually, I'm actually nervous. You yeah. should be nervous. <laughs> Seth, Adam, it turns out, one? has a... <laughs> Seth, mm-hmm. did you know that one? Uh, it, it seems so obvious that I was was, was trying to think is it, if it was a trick question. Yeah, like, that happens a lot on this show. Apparently. <laughs> don't, don't, don't follow that path. Don't Malik follow that Beasley path. Big Malik Beasley guy, by the way. Anyway. Uh, well, yeah, you're, well, you're just really just opening some wounds on A little couple day. months yeah. too late here. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody, in this, everybody on earth was a fan of him except for one person. Um, all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> the fourth pick, I'm not going to say who that person was. That was fourth, Eric Dion. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth pick of the 1991 NBA draft, the Nuggets selected the Congolese center out of the University of Georgetown. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo. That is correct. Mm. I was once in a coach you... line behind, directly behind Dikembe Mutombo. How could you be sure it was here? Than yours? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, 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 you know, he was doing selfies with people doing the, the finger wag, and he'd like every one of them. He just, yeah, he's he got to get so annoyed by that. Yeah, oh my god, now he seemed, he seemed like just a, like, he seemed like a really, really like friendly, good dude. Um, it was also, I mean, it was at the, it was at, uh, it was at the inaugural ball in, in, in 2012, so it was a lot, there was, everyone was feeling festive, so. Dikembe is like super charismatic. When I was in Atlanta with the Nuggets, he was there. And I'm telling you, that guy, everywhere he went, just like 
it was like Michael Jordan. He just like lit up the room. He talked to everyone. It was it was fun watching him work a room. Yeah. It was impressive. Um, number three, including this is a tough one. I'm not gonna lie, this is a really unfair one. <laughs> including the two way players, the Denver Nuggets have three players on the roster who are considered rookies. Name all three. Okay, uh, Bull Bull. Um, considered rookies. Yeah, and I'm going. I'm using a basketball reference for this. Uh, <laughs> it's very scientific, <laughs> but it's also accurate. To be honest with you, uh, PJ Dozier played last year, I think. Seth, Seth, Seth says though. he knows. He's either he's. Yeah, I know one of them at least. It's Michael Michael Porter. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Uh, do, um... I'm totally having a brain fart here. Adam, this is clearly a question nine. Like, what is this doing at three? I'm gonna have to have you start ranking these questions. I thought it was a three. Is it? P- I mean, PJ Dozier. He's out. Blackwood How could you forget? You knew the answer. You said PJ played last year. He did. He played last year. Oh, we had, we had, we had like a string of. We had like a string of people that were like just about to hit the apex and would fall back down. And now we can't even get yeah. to the sticker question, Adam. We're what are on you a doing? Cold streak, a massive cold streak here. <laughs> so we have this. We're four weeks in, I think, to three or four weeks into this uh, trivia game, and people just <laughs> rarely make it past four or five right now. So I, I feel if that was the third question, then I was right to be suspicious that the first that the question one was a trick question. It's hard <laughs> to you, – you're neither right nor wrong, and yeah. it's Adam's fault in that yeah, either yeah, direction. Uh, last night, Matt Moore absolutely sunk a 15 year old kid who was who had the right answer had the right answer and then and then matt convinced him otherwise because he thought adam gave us a trick question there's something to mistrust with adam if i asked you to guess who threw the most assists to Jokic, who would just what what would your guess be but hold on before you answer adam goes now this is tough now this is (laughs) now it's your now answer it (laughs) I'm the second question. I'm gonna guess the starting point guard. So yeah, yeah exactly. that, that would be a good place to start. Yeah, but like, why is that tough? That's the question. Uh, Mason Plumley. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seth. Thanks so much for taking time to, to talk with thanks us man, on, and yeah. uh, play these silly games. We, we appreciate it. Um, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh it sounded like um, you had a cool pod for for Nuggets fans to listen to. Where you you spoke glowingly of the Denver Nuggets. Or at least spoke about them in any capacity, which Nuggets yeah, fans Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> Acknowledge our existence. That's all we want. Yeah, I know. It's it, it's funny. I, I feel I because I, I did somehow ended up doing like three podcasts yesterday. So I actually like I feel like this is, you know, you meet someone and then like, oh, hi, guy. Uh, and you forgot the name. So I actually have forgotten. The name. <laughs> oh, I put them right. on the spot. <laughs> this is so right. perfect. They don't listen to this podcast. You know what? We're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll post There's in no the chance. description of this. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to everybody that tuned in for the show. And everybody else, we're going to see you tomorrow at noon. Friday shows always at noon. We'll get a little bit crazy. Thanks, everybody. All right. Fun show today, guys. Thanks so much to Seth from The Athletic for coming on and Sometimes we wrap up these shows really late. I need to edit them. I need some coffee sometimes to get me through it. And I always choose Strava Craft Coffee. 
just something different about drinking Strava Craft compared to a regular cup of coffee. And of course, they're giving away five $1,000 gift certificates to their online store. All you gotta do to get entered into that drawing is make a purchase from StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can use the promo code DNVR20 to save you 20% and you'll be entered. Hit them up, StravaCraft Coffee, StravaCraftCoffee.com code dnvr20 to save 20 percent, and you'll be entered into their contest to give away five one thousand dollar gift certificates 